Welcome to the Huntley Baptist Church Podcast. We hope that this message can be an encouragement to you today. Please feel free to contact us at huntleybaptist@extra.co.nz or visit us at huntleybaptist.com. 1 Timothy. Oh, sorry, 2 Timothy chapter 2, chapter 1. <laughs> Got it a bit around the wrong way there. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7 says, For God has given us not a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. Last week, uh, we concluded our, our series called I Believe with a great message. I think you'll agree from Mark, dealing about times when we don't believe. And when we've got doubts and we've got fears. And that kind of segues nicely into our new series in 2 Timothy. So I've called today's message, Timely Tips for a Timid Timothy. Timely Tips for a Timid Timothy. I can't actually take credit for that title. Uh, I borrowed it from a great preacher and shearer by the name of Godfrey Bowen, who some of you may know. Um, who, who actually helped pioneer the Sheep World tourist um, attraction in Rotorua. He preached from 2 Timothy chapter 1 in Huntley one night, and I've never forgotten it. I also watched in amazement as a kid um, as he saw a sheep blindfolded at the Raglan Domain. And he followed that up by shearing another one in 50 seconds, without the blindfold, of course. <laughs> you know, I'd picked up thousands of fleeces as a boy in the wool shed in my school holidays, so Godfrey's passion for Jesus and for sheep inspired me to be a shearer. So at 18, I bought my own handpiece, the combs and the cutters, but unfortunately, uh, my dad passed away about the time I um, hit 100 a day, and uh, the dream gave way to some bigger concerns. But it's pretty amazing that I still remember both the shearer and his message. You know, when we boldly live for Jesus in the secular world, it has great impact as Godfrey did. You know, so in Paul's second letter to, the, to Timothy, he encourages Timothy to shake off doubt and fear, just cut it off, and be bold in his calling. Hence his timely tips. So hopefully we too can be inspired today, I hope, from this passage, and to shake off any fear, any apathy, or whatever it is holding us back in our life today. So we're going to read verses 1 to 5, 2 Timothy verse, chapter 1, verse five, 1 to 5. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, according to the commandment of God our Saviour, and of Christ Jesus, who is our hope, to Timothy, my true child in the faith, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. As I urged you upon my departure for Macedonia, Remain on at Ephesus in order that you may instruct certain men not to teach strange doctrines, nor to pay attention to myths and endless genealogies which give rise to mere speculation rather than furthering the administration of God which is by faith. 
But the goal of our instruction is love from a pure heart and a good conscience and a sincere faith. For some men straying from these things have turned aside to fruitless discussion, wanting to be teachers of the law, even though they do not understand either what they're saying or the matters about what um, they make confident assertions. And I've just read 1 Timothy. <laughs> I'm a bit lost here this morning, aren't I? <clears throat> it's 2 Timothy. I realized that I was wrong about... Anyway, we might have needed that. Thank you, Anna. <laughs> uh, you know, let's just say that Paul, you know, he must have been someone who Timothy really was in awe of, awe of as a mentor. Paul had been beaten with rods. He'd been shipwrecked. He'd been stoned, you know, like with real rocks, not drugs. And he had known more trials than Australia's had prime ministers for the sake of the gospel. But through it all, Paul made time to father this young man, Timothy. In fact, he calls him his beloved son. If I'd read the right chapter, it would have been in verse 2. He calls him his beloved son. And he bears his heart to him in verse 3 and 4. Paul gets real, you know, and I think that's what, what we need in a mentor. Paul gets real. Even mentioning the tears that they both shed each time they met and parted. In verse 4, being real means more to a son than being Superman. So let's unwrap this a bit. Paul's introduction, or, or pepeha, as it's called in Māori protocol, is quite formal. He starts with his title, Apostle, and then he, then he gives who he serves, Christ Jesus. Then how? By the will of God, and then why? According to the promise of life in Christ Jesus. And I believe here that Paul was prophetically addressing all who would read this down through the ages. I, I just feel in 2 Timothy 1, he's sharing his heart, whereas in the first Timothy, which I read by mistake, it's more information. But he's sharing his heart to Timothy. But he's sharing it down through the ages, not just to Timothy, but to his sons and daughters in the Lord throughout all of history. And knowing this could well be his last communication with Timothy, Paul writes in such a way that if he dies, he has at least shared his heart. And with this context in mind, I just want to, want to say that we see a softer side of Paul. We kind of see, you know, that he's real. And for me, in my experience, faith is caught, not necessarily taught. Consistent Christian witness, complete with battle scars and life experience and disappointments, is our story. It becomes our story. And it's our story that God uses to father and inspire others. Amen? It's our, it's our life. You know, um, Paul says in another place, we shared not only the gospel, but our lives. 
And Paul mentions his forefathers in verse 3, and he goes on to remind Timothy of his own legacy of faith in his mother and grandmother, um, Lois. You know, that was what the, the bit I should have read. The Maori call this their whakapapa. And perhaps we could gain from this that we need to know who we are before we can mentor others. If we want to be agents of change, first we need to value and respect what's gone before. Amen? We all need to be reminded of our story and our calling and our vision. I'm sure you'd agree that vision leaks. You know, it just needs being reminded all the time. And despite being determined um, or detained for the sake of the gospel, Paul knew how important encouragement really was. So in verse 6 and 7, we find out the first timely tip for timid Timothy. So let's turn to that. My Bible's falling apart. (laughs) It's a good thing, really. So let's read verse 6 and 7 again. Um, And for this reason I remind you to kindle afresh the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of hands. For God has not given us a spirit of timidity, but of power and love and discipline. Other versions say to stir up the gift of God, while others say fan into flame the gift of God. And I like that one. There's a a great story in Nehemiah 8, and it's at this point in the book of Nehemiah that the walls and the gates of Jerusalem had been built in a record time. You know, there'd there'd been just an incredible unity and tremendous buy-in into Nehemiah's vision to rebuild Jerusalem, but there was not much actually happening within the walls. It was just a really great wall and gates, but not too much happening on the inside. So they were kind of halfway here in chapter 8. And Nehemiah obeys God, and he assembles all the workers, all 42,360 of them, to give thanks and praise to God and to hear the stories from the past. You see, stories build vision. They build hope. They gather in in, in family groups in um, in Nehemiah 8, verse 5, and Ezra the prophet, or priest, sorry, reads the law of Moses. And it says, when Ezra opened the book, the people stood up. I love that. Isn't that cool? When Ezra opened the book, the people stood up. That was the respect they had for the Word of God. And by respecting it, they started to understand it. And by understanding it, they then were encouraged. But then they started weeping in verse 9. And Nehemiah says in verse 10, No, it's not a time for weeping. You know, the joy of the Lord is your strength. Verse 10. You see, they'd done nothing wrong. They'd all worked together. They'd built this wall, but they were just halfway there was, there was just a weeping over the word of all that had gone before and perhaps things they weren't doing, but, but Nehemiah encourages and says, keep going, you know, we're halfway, let's keep going. So Nehemiah um, realized that they needed 
some energy. Nehemiah built story that day and he stirred up the passion uh, for the people to get the job done. How about us? How about us? Do we need our vision renewed today? Is our energy um, a bit low on E? Do we need our gifts stirred up? My, my dad used to say, we need to be more often reminded than taught. So remind yourself what you've been saved from. Just We don't want to go back there, right? There's nothing there. Remind yourself what we've been promised for all eternity. And then rekindle that gift of yours, no matter how big or small you think it is. While we still have time here on earth, let's stir it up. Let's use those gifts. It ain't over till it's over. Finally, if you've lost the joy of the Lord, go to him, get real, and ask for it back. It's a gift. So stir up that gift. So number two, the second timely tip for our timid Timothy. The first one was stir up the gift. The second one is found in verse 8. And it says, Therefore do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord or of me, his prisoner, but join with me in suffering for the gospel according to the power of God. Paul says, join with me in the suffering for the gospel according to the power of God. See, when God gives you a job, he gives you the tools to go with it. Amen? Nathan back, Nathan's saying, yep, yeah, that's right. <laughs> I need those tools. However, when we, share a true you know, when we share that true gospel, and there's going to be more on that next week in chapter 2, opposition will come. When we share the true gospel, opposition will come. We've got the tools, but we still are going to get some opposition. And it can come from within the church, and it can come from outside. You know, few knew that more than Paul, and he's up, up front about it. He just says it to, to Timothy like it is. If you're going to hang out with me, it's going to get rough. You know, he just tells it how it is. Because that's just... The way it is, and, and, and he says to him almost in a sense in this chapter, are you in or are you out? You've had the laying on of hands, now it's time to man up. When Ernest Shackleton, a famous um, sailor, explorer, uh, Antarctic explorer, posted an ad for sailors for his second trip to the Antarctica in the London Times, the last part read, You will most likely go hungry and face severe cold. You will suffer hardship. You may even perish and not return. He had more men enlist than he needed. There's something within us that rises up to a challenge. It's in our DNA, I think. And Stefan shared on, on Friday night about joining the special forces and all the other guys had given some lengthy intros to their division encouraging men to join them after their basic training and the special ops staunch dudes just stood up and said we are the best of the best and Stefan thought that's a bit of me I'll join them <laughs> we're the best of the best and they sat down 
Join me in my suffering, Paul says. Tip number three, verse 13. Retain is the verb. Retain the sound, standard of sound words, which you have heard from me. I think that's the significant part of this, which you've heard from me. You see, I believe as a church, generally, we've overlooked the value of one-on-one -on -one mentoring. And in this really fast-paced world with you know, so many means of communicating stuff and social media, which isn't very social, We've kind of lost something of the value of handing on insights one-on-one, -on -one, up close and personal. And it might be perhaps because of the abuse of authority in the past. Maybe we've shied away from it because we've been hurt by the church or we've been hurt by somebody in authority. I get that. But in the process, we've lost something very precious we need to be humble enough to learn to hear and retain wisdom from others who are wiser. See, Paul invested himself in Timothy. He just gave him, gave him stuff. He put all of his, his training into Timothy. You see, investing into others is spelt T-I-M-E. It's spelt time. There's not a lot of that now, is there? Paul said, retain sound words you've heard from me. Up close and personal, one-on-one. -on -one. So we've got stir up the gift, you know, join, and now we've had retain. Tip number four is verse 14. Guard through the Holy Spirit. who dwells within you, the treasure or teonga, which has been entrusted to you. You know, due to these very fast-paced lives we live, that I've already mentioned, you know, some people just end up guarding their freedom or their recreation or their discretionary time very, very tightly. Sort of, they've got their special time just to be there themselves. Others, you know, they, they guard their personal space, perhaps their, their happiness, their well-being. That's fair enough. And some guard their finances and their property, you know, with a passion, while others guard family time or fun with a set group of friends. You know, those are all well and good, but if we put God first, these things are okay. As long as they don't become an end goal. And according to Paul, there is a uniqueness about this treasure we are to hold fast to. See, the value of the treasure that the Holy Spirit's birthed in us and entrusted us with is priceless. It's beyond value. It's eternal and it's worth much more than anything else we could ever acquire on this earth. God's kingdom is this pearl of great price, according to Matthew. He says in Matthew 6, verse 33, to put it first, 
Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. See, to increase God's influence over his lost creation should be our greatest delight. The Māori word for taonga means treasure or gift. And the use of this word usually is associated with something that money just can't buy. It has to be handed down, gifted, or guarded with a passion. I was gifted this taonga, this, this punami from, from our new um, appointed manager. He said, you're the rangatira around here. And when you die, when you kick the bucket, it goes to Aaron. <laughs> it's, it's to be handed on. It's a taonga. And it goes with the sense of being a small part of the bigger picture, you know. If our taonga is God's kingdom, we'll leave a legacy that supersedes this life and will ripple through eternity. So Paul's instructing Timothy to esteem to this and not to be sidetracked by lesser things. So, you know, as far as we know, Paul had no natural descendants, but he left an eternal legacy for all mankind. So look behind you. Is anyone following you? Make sure you're guarding the right priorities so as not to lead them astray. And that's God's kingdom. So we've had stir up. We've had, you know, that we're going to... Face troubles. Join me, he says, in suffering. We need to um, listen to wisdom, you know, and then guard this taonga. So finally, above all else, I just sort of believe to, to wrap this up, we need to guard our hearts. It's easy, isn't it, to get discouraged? It's a great weapon of the enemy. Today marks the, uh, the start of the second week of September. And I have an Irish neighbor who said to me once, Murray, if something's going to die, it'll be in the second week of September. <laughs> I speak that off the farm this week, but um, it's actually... A really difficult time of the year for farmers. They think the winter's over, but it's not. You think you're past the worst, but there's still some more of it to keep the energy going for. It's a great thing to know as a, as a pastor or a youth worker, a youth pastor, that this is not the time to give up. Because you just feel like it's been dark, it's been winter, it's just hard, it seems dark before the dawn. But don't give up in the second week of September. <laughs> don't throw in the towel at the point where it's just going to get better, okay? So if you're tempted to give up some worthy cause, hang in there. Don't get offended. Guard your relationships, your faith, and your ministry.
The end goal is worth it. It's the kingdom of God. So stir up your gift. Join up, knowing there'll be tough times ahead. Hold on to wise words and guard that taonga. We may only have a small part of the big picture, but every part is hugely significant. Amen. Father, we thank you for the promise to be with us always. Lord, just to grant that joy that we've read about this morning, the joy of the Lord. Where would we be without your joy, Lord? Lord, your joy supersedes temporary happiness. Your joy supersedes suffering. Your joy supersedes the um, opposition, hard times, things that would seem uh, a waste of time. So God, I just pray into everyone here, every one of us here this morning, encouragement. I put courage in. Lord, pray for those who are listening on the podcast, anyone who has heard this message, to be encouraged, to keep going, to not give up. And to then look behind and just see who they can help, who they can impart, who they can just do life with, mentor, one on one, just at arm's length, Lord, that we are, we are, we, we are within reach of others. Help us just to continue that till you tell us to stop. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to the Huntley Baptist Church podcast. We hope that it has been an encouragement to you. Please feel free to contact us at huntleybaptist@extra.co.nz or visit us at huntleybaptist.com.